This podcast is sponsored by Great White Hot Sauce. It's a small batch, handmade hot sauce, made specially for you. So if you like hot sauce, you'll love Great White Hot Sauce. It's the hot sauce that bites back. Find it at www.trygreatwhite.com. Well, this episode is an interesting episode. I like to call these lost episodes. You see, my co-host Jack likes to travel. So sometimes we'll do episodes in advance and they'll just sit on the shelf. Then we forget about them. Hence, they're lost. But then they're found. So I pulled this one off the shelf. It's pretty recent because Jack's not here this week. So this is an old episode, but it's new to you. Enjoy the show. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The KOFB Studio presents Milk Crates and Turntables, a music discussion podcast hosted by Scott McLean with his co-host, Jack Calabrese. Now, let's talk music. Enjoy the show. Howdy, Locke. Yeah, Scott, the IT guy. Now I'm streaming on YouTube, so for you YouTube people... Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> this is a, uh, and, and I'll give a quick recap. Scott, the IT guy, fortunately corrected me and uh, let me know that I wasn't streaming live on YouTube, but I am now. Oh, we are. We are now. I made the correction. Um, yeah. So what does Scott, the IT guy, says? He says, there was a show last night. <laughs> yeah, you were invited. It was definitely a show last night. Probably one of the best shows. You say that every time I do a solo show. Absolutely. I think you're being facetious. Is no, that a big word? It is. Yeah, you might need to go lay down after using that, that word. Uh, yeah, yeah. So last night, or well, last episode, <laughs> last episode... I started the show off with uh, best band names. Best band names. Uh, I know you threw a couple in there, but do you have any others like offhand? I know you threw in um, Brian Jonestown Massacre, which is a great one. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even know if I, I would regard them as the best names out there, but, but you know, kind of interesting, kind, kind of funny. Um, there was a there was a local band here called Rocktopus that, that used to kill me. So there was one that I didn't get to. I didn't get to it. It's a Japanese band. And the name of the band, this right here, might be the greatest name for a band ever. The name of the band, Japanese band, is Bathtub shitter. <laughs> Come 
<laughs> Bathtub shitter. <laughs> Mom. Mom. Dad, I'm, I'm dropping out of school. I'm pursuing my dream. No, no, don't cry. Don't cry. I mean, it's a great band. What's the name? Uh, <laughs> bathtub shitter. Bathtub shitter. Mom, now, mom, put that knife down. Put it down. Yeah, but but, but the story behind it is they they came up with the name before they even made, created the band. Like these two dudes didn't even have a band yet, and they're like, the name of, we're gonna do a band, and the name is Bathtub Shitter. Now we're gonna get a band together. <laughs> So let, let me ask you this, Scott. Have you listened to any of the obviously classic bathtub shitter albums? I can't say that I have, but now I'm extremely curious. I'm extremely curious to see if they exist on. Uh... So while we're, while we're kind of just, uh, let me see. I'm going to try to see if I can <laughs> pull them up if they exist. Uh on Amazon, <laughs> uh, search. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. All right. You gonna play him? You gonna play him? I'm gonna. I'm gonna play him. I'm gonna play him. Hey, we 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 may get pulled off the air. You know, copyright yeah, yeah. because the bathtub shitters have a have a strong copyright oh, team. Oh my god. If we, we if go. we get a if, if we get a written letter, a cease and desist from bathtub shitters, I'm framing that bad boy. <laughs> this is. This one is called <laughs> Shit Fly. <laughs> I love them already. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. Not, not the greatest. <laughs> okay. Right there, he said, "Shit, fly." You heard him, right? This, yeah, buddy. That's the famous Japanese band. Brian Gilda said, "What the fuck is this shit?" So it's the I think it's Japanese band called Bathtub Shitter. Yeah, I think I think it was. I think as we all just heard, Bathtub Shitters is not the worst part of that band. Well, the name see. is not the worst part. All pants, no. This is the cut. All pants, no. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Bathtub shitter. There you go. There you go. And, and the name of this album is 97 plus 3 shit points. <laughs> Oh, good lord! Quality band. Go. How did you find? How did you find those guys? I I just was I just was looking up fucked up names for bands, and that popped up. So terrible yeah, Japanese band. I, you know what? We, we might have just debuted "Shit Fly" by the Bathtub Shitter. That's us. We're, in we're the cutting. USA. 
we're we're cutting it, cutting edge show. Yeah, we could have Jack. <laughs> we we could have introduced REM at some point. We could have introduced you two at some point. Why? But instead, we premiere the bathtub shitters, shitters. with with two cuts. One was shit fly, and the second cut we premiered in the U.S. is all pants. No, maybe we could get them on the show. What do you think? I'm sure, I'm sure we probably could. <laughs> do we have? Do we have a? Uh, do we have an interpreter? Someone that could come on? You know, it, it may may be reliant upon them actually having internet service in the basement of their parents' house where they probably live right now. In Japan? Do, do they in have Japan. basements in Japan? Who do knows? They, do they have? Do they have basements? Well, either way, that's it. We debuted. We debuted Bathtub Shitter in the United States. Hey, um, what's a better song? This is always these are always interesting questions. What is a better song? Which song is better? Schools Out or Detroit Rock City? Uh, I think that both great songs. Yeah. Both great songs. And I was, you know, I was a, a big Kiss fan back in the day. Alice Cooper was huge as well. I think that Schools Out is probably more of an iconic song than Detroit Rock City. I think more people know it. I think it's probably more popular. But the question is, what is the better song? Well, no, I don't I don't know that you can judge which one is in better. In your I opinion. Think, in your I, opinion. Yeah, I, th- I think the question is, is which one do I like more? <sighs> Why is this so fucking hard? This is well, just... It's 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 a challenging question. Do you like? No, no, no. You ask. Wait a minute. You you look. You asked me a ludicrous question. I missed you. You asked me. You asked me which song is better. Now, what what does that mean? Does it mean that you know which song is better musically? Which song is better production wise? Which Uh, one is more popular? Which one is sold more copies? You always you know, get I mean, over-analytical. You get over-analytical. Look, you, look you, so you ask me a stupid question. <laughs> you, you get, stupid. It's a, it's, it's a good it's, question. It's a fucking idiotic question. Hey, Scott. Uh, Scott, I, I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a question for you. Okay. W- w- which is better, hot dogs or hamburgers? Hamburgers. No, no, that means you like them more. It doesn't mean that one is better or worse. There may be more people that like hot dogs better. It's not an easy question to answer. You have to be more specific. But the average person knows what I'm saying. The average person would know exactly where I'm going with that question. But not Jack. Not Jack has to break down every word. You ask which is better. (sighs) Okay. Now, most people, most people know what to answer. It would be their favorite, their favorite look, song look, look, out of the look, two is the, the better of the two. If you want to be a broadcaster when you grow up, <laughs> you have to be precise with your questioning, or it leads uh, to confusion, and it uh, sounds like a bathtub shitter song. <laughs> well, that was a shitty answer. It is a okay, shitty answer. Okay, Jack, let me let me reword this for your technical uh, uh, nuances of, of sentences that come your way, whatever the fuck that means. Which really song sen- do you like better? It wasn't, like a, it wasn't better? a sentence. It which was a, it was a song, which, right, that, 
<laughs> Stop. Which song do you like better? School. I like- I'm not done asking the question. School's out. <laughs> Detroit Rock City. <laughs> I like them both equal. Oh, I knew you. I fucking <laughs> knew that was coming. I could have. I saw that a mile away. No, uh, I, you know, look, for, for, for me, just because of, you know, the age that I grew up in and how I loved that band, I liked, I love both of the songs. I, I really do. But I think if I were to go back into my own personal history, I've probably played Detroit Rock City far more than I've played Schools Out. Really? Yeah, you know, look, I was a big Kiss fan when I was wow. a kid. You know, I mean, I okay. Kiss came came around and and hit at that right age. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kiss Alive so, Two was a was a monumental yeah. album for us at that at that time. Yeah, the but insert, you know, it's cool. you know, the insert that came with it, and you know, yeah, I love both of them. I really do. It's a it's a hard question to answer. That's why I asked it. it, it but took if, me a but while. if I to, but I were, if I were if I were forced to answer the question, which I have been, I would actually have to say for me yeah. personally. Yeah, and that's the question. Yeah, Detroit Rock City. Okay, uh, that's interesting because I because I I think I've listened to Schools Out more, and I was a Kiss fan. I had all their albums. I had all their solo albums, but I loved Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper's greatest hits might be. In the top three best greatest hits albums, that is it's a, a great, fantastic, fantastic. It's a great, right, top great five, album. I'd say top five greatest hits. That's a great uh, start to finish. It's yeah. just such, and it puts it all together. It pulls them together. Billion Dollar Babies was a great album. You know, it, Schools Out was a great album. It, it amazes you know? me that both both of those bands are still touring, or both of those artists, or however you want to touch, you know, categorize it. They're yeah. still out there, you know, doing it in a lot of theatrics. There's no question about it that Kiss pulled a lot from Alice Cooper. Yeah, probably. In terms yeah, of the overall the, theatrics. Yeah, yeah, they did the the the, but they had they 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 had the over the top show. I saw them at the Providence Civic Center in like '79, and it was just, I mean, what an epic stage show, epic stage show. Like Gene they've Simmons been they've been on the their top. Doing Gods they, of Thunder. They've been you know. on their farewell tour for what, five years now? I was just going to say that. Isn't this their fifth go around? So they, oh, they, we, they we have saying, no viewers right now. I think Bathhouse shit has got us knocked off. You're kidding me. We have no viewers. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I think the Bathhouse shit has got us knocked off, at least Facebook. <laughs> Let me see. I think the gods, they, maybe they are protected. <laughs> maybe you called it. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to go on right now since we're live. Uh, it's it's still, it says live. Well, you see, see again. Maybe they are protected. Oh, we are. Okay. So, so I'm listening to it, right? You can hear me. See, see. Oh. see? You you may have been right in the way that you actually phrased that statement. The bath <laughs> the bathhouse shitters didn't necessarily got us get us kicked off. We just lost all of our viewers because of them. Let me see if we're on YouTube right now. Let me see. Yeah, we're live on YouTube. I don't know what's yeah, maybe maybe the viewers just bailed on us. <laughs> That's okay. 
Something happened. I know something happened. It's all right. So is Kiss overrated? Let me finish. Let me finish the the question. So are they overrated? Uh, Because they had a great hype machine around them. They were they great marketing, some of the greatest marketing in music history. Great visual show, great stage presence show. But did their music match all of that? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, did yeah, the music I, meet their legend status? Yeah. I, I think it depends on who you ask. I think that most musicians kind of disregard Kiss uh, for, for the very reasons that you just listed. You know, uh, hype, marketing, the toys, you know, the commercialism. You know, and and then they're not they're relatively simple songs and they're not overly complicated to to play. So I think that that they're underrated from a musician standpoint. I think that they have a lot more musically to offer than musicians give them credit for from a from a general popularity standpoint. I think that they have enough hits to justify the career that they've had. And in their stage show is is you know, something that has generated a following second to for, none. for what? Yeah. It's second to none. If it's really. almost for f- almost 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's second to none. It is an outstanding stage show. Yeah. That's a damn show. Uh, do you I have, just, do you have a, do you have a top five, top five kiss songs that you can rattle off the top of your head? Ah, uh, yeah. Beth, uh, gods of God of thunder, uh, Detroit rock city, uh, rock and roll all night party every day, and uh, what would be the fifth one? I don't know. I can't think of it. Can't think of one off the top of my head. Again, I stopped. Let me. Let me. A, yeah. Go let ahead. me. Let me throw a couple out. Don't at say you lick that, it up. I, the lick it up thing is not what I would consider. No. What about what about hard luck woman? Yes. Yeah, what about hard luck woman? Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, Strutter or Deuce? Yeah. Or Let Me Go Rock and Roll. How about Calling Dr. Love? How about Calling I Want Dr. You? Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Christine 16. Christine 16. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you know, those were uh, off of uh, Doc- Love King- Gun, wasn't Dr. Yep, love? Some of- yep. It was off of Love Gun. How about I Was Made for Loving You, their disco hit? That I was oh, made boy. for well, loving you, baby. They weren't alone. They weren't alone, so you can't no. really knock them. The no, Stones hey. did it with Miss You. Rod, yeah, the, Rod Stewart did it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think I'm sexy? Yep, they yep. all did Queen, it. Queen did it. Yes. You know? Yeah, so, so you can't really knock them for it. You can't really knock them for it. But um, I, I don't know. Like, I stopped being a Kiss fan probably in high school, I think. Well, I that's was so, a, I got, it was so saturated. Well, no, well, not only walked away. I think, yeah, not not only saturated, but you know, after a little while, you get a little bit older and whatnot. And Kiss was cool when we were in, you know, fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth grade, and and when you got into like high school and whatnot, you know, with the makeup and the stage show and the lasers and the fire and and all that stuff, it it kind of lost its coolness, right? It was it was almost, and I think this is one of the issues that they have is that they're kind of disregarded as a novelty act. Yeah, uh, now it, I think it, it, I think they're far far more talented and and deserve a lot more credit than being you know labeled as as a novelty act. I mean you know we just rattled off a bunch of songs. 
a lot more popular, right? A lot more popular songs than a lot of other bands. They had a lot more hits than a lot of other bands. But remember, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame snubbed them for years and years and years and years. I remember the, someone from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame saying, Hall of Notes will never be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That, when the thing first kicked off, when it first started to catch some, uh, you know, get its legs under it, someone from there said the Hall of Notes will never be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, fast forward. Like, why would you even, because when they first started out, that was their goal. It was just going to be rock and roll. Yeah, sure. But I think they 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 ran out of bands, you know, not so much. I think they would have burned through a lot of bands, but I, I, I think we've beat that that horse to death. It's not the rock. It's the music hall of fame. Really. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, also, what's the motivation of actually having somebody inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I, I mean, you know, look, if you look at Hall & Oates pre-Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction and post, their careers were night and day. You know, look, I'll I'll tell you that Deb, Deb and I went and saw Hall & Oates a couple of years before they got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they were playing at, you know, down in Connecticut at one of the casinos, and the place was maybe three-quarters of the way filled. The tickets were probably $45. You know, it was reasonable. And they were great. You know, they were a lot of fun. They have a lot of hits. You know, they still sing well. They still play well and whatnot. But then the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame hit. And now they're playing much bigger places. And as a matter of fact, they've actually played that same casino. And now the tickets are $400. That's the difference. Yeah. That's the difference. So, you know, you ha you have to question to a certain extent, what's the motivation behind the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What does it do to a band or an artist? Why do they do it? It's it's an industry thing, promoted by industry people, voted on by industry people. You know, so it's it's kind of a, a self-perpetuating thing. How do you yeah. like that? Yeah, huh? no, I, I, I hear you. I I, I, I believe. I believe what you're saying. Uh, no argument. I you think, damn well better. Uh, <laughs> I'll find an argument. Trust me. You know that. I think. I think that a lot of bands reunited and started touring again because getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame means more money, more money, more money. Sure it does. Sure it does. You know. So, you know, there's a couple of things. Look, look, why do you think that people don't necessarily get paid for playing the Super Bowl? Is that, you know, you can't get that type of exposure without it. And most people, now it didn't happen this year or, still, or it didn't happen yet, but most bands or artists when they play the Super Bowl, they almost announce their tour the next day. It's a yeah. huge, huge way to kind of promote, you know, the band and or artists. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is no different. Uh, it didn't do Maroon Five that that well. <laughs> you know who I wonder? I wonder if if somebody will actually get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Have you ever heard of an artist by the name of Jack Arlo? Jack Arlo, Harlow, Harlow. No, big rap guy on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. I thought that you would be all over this guy. No, Tom McDonald. I, I, I'm listening to him more, as far as new artists the, go. He's he's the underground guy that that yeah 
kind of really started organic. This guy is is kind of along the 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 same lines. Kind of came up, was goofing off in high school and kind of like playing with beats and and uh, he's got a couple of records out. Um, he has um, you know something that actually did debuted on uh, number one on the Billboard Top 100. And he's actually getting into acting right now. But it, it actually, I listened to him for a little bit today because I didn't really know much about him. I listened to him and, uh, because I saw that he was on the cover of Rolling Stone and it made me curious. Uh, but the thing that that made me even more curious is, you know, white rappers, and this may be a somewhat controversial you know, topic. Do they get labeled? Do they get vilified for cultural appropriation? No. Or, you know, kind of sing, singing music? They tried. They tried, but it didn't. It didn't really stick. It didn't really stick because Eminem was the greatest at one point the in in a lot of people's opinion the best rapper on the planet. So how do you how do you say he culturally appropriated uh, uh you know rap music? It's it is what it is. Music is music. So did um did I don't know uh Living Color appropriate you know rock and roll? You know, I, I I think there may be some people that, appropriate white white people's rock and roll. It's yeah, it, think I, about it, it's the same question. It's just reversed. Yeah, I you know what I, I'm sure I'm sure that they probably got some they criticism didn't. lobbed at at them. I'm sure that they got some criticism lobbed at them. Why are you playing that music? Well, by who did you did you like those guys? By the black community, you think? I I don't know. I mean, I do you think anyone's stuff. gonna fuck with Ice T? But you made the statement that you think they they probably caught it. But you have to say you're gonna finish it. But who do you think would say that to them? Yeah, but, I mean, look, there's 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 no question about it that an all black band like you know Living Color is is a, a rarity. Playing you know straight ahead rock and roll like that, it yeah, shouldn't it, be. No, it shouldn't but nobody, be. But it, I know nobody balked at them. That I knew, no one's like, oh, oh. no, they were fucking, they were good, yeah, <laughs> for their time. Well, you they know that you know what again. The the shame of it is 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 part of their notoriety was because they were an all black band playing straight ahead rock and roll music, and it was heavy. They were heavy. Yeah, they yeah, were, yeah. They were there was no uh, but, fusion. It was heavy rock, like Body Count. Do you think anyone fucking fucking said something anything to Ice T? No, but you know, but again, but, but but again, I I think one of the things that is really kind of shameful is that Body Count or Living Color, part of their notoriety was they, they were playing music that was outside of what people would perceive to what they should be playing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's because a lot of people didn't want to cross over. Yeah, that's, that's the only reason you would think no one's crossing over. But you know. And that is, you're right, that is what makes it uh, rare. You know, Kid Rock, uh, Bob Kirkman just said Kid Rock. Same thing, except Kid Rock, he's, he, he changed up. He, he, made a, he, he made a good call in changing up and uh, going more to the, the country kind of style. Yeah, you know, right? I, 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 because that I don't regard his own genre. Yeah, I don't. I don't regard Kid Rock as is really a rapper. He raps. There's no question about it. But I think that to your point, he's broadened his musical stylings. It's a good and, business uh, move. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Darius Rucker. Darius Rucker. Okay, there was a black guy who was the front man for Hootie and the Blowfish, and then out of nowhere, 
the lead singer, the, the black guy, lead singer from you know, Darius Rucker, who do you know, has this monster country career. Yeah. Like Very popular. Like immediately. It was like fucking instantaneously. This guy became a country, a country rock, country musician superstar. Well, you know why he became so big? He's, he's talented. Fucking, he's fucking talented. He's yeah. an amazing singer. Yeah. You know, in a song good songwriter, you know, good, good presence, good live performance. Yeah. He's got it all. Yeah. And, and but to he's go in that all. direction, which is, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of could be controversial because there's always now we're getting into identity politics and I don't really want to go down that lane. But. Well, yeah, you know what I, I mean. We we can we can end this you know part of the the segment right here. It's it, you know the whole cultural appropriation thing drives me nuts when it comes to yeah. the arts. You know people right. people have influences. People beg, <clears throat> borrow, and steal from one another. You know to create their music and and that's okay. You know every every painting every you know, story, every writer, every poem or whatnot draws from different influences. And I don't think exactly. that anybody should stop anybody from leveraging those, you know, as I long mean, as they're not plagiarizing them. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, look at the influence I have on you. The way that I shaved my head. <laughs> yeah. See, if that's what it took. <laughs> that's what it was, Scott. I wanted to look just like you. Well, you're doing a good job. You do, I'll give you credit. Some would say even a better job. Well, everyone has their tastes. Everyone has so their I, tastes. I, I, I have something that I wanted to chat with you about. Yeah. Dude, so, you know, some, some episodes ago, and it may be a, a while ago, I don't even remember, we talked about kind of the rock and roll death march that's occurring. We had a rash of, of artists that passed in a relatively short period of time, right? Yeah. You know, Prince and Tom Petty and... You know, there, there were a handful of people that just kind of, you know, Chris Cornell and uh, uh, Chester from um, Lincoln yeah. Park. Lincoln Park, yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of crazy. And that seems to kind of slightly subsided. You know, you definitely have people that are still passing and it's going to continue on just, you know, just because of where they are in their, their own uh, individual journeys, you know. Rock and roll, those old rock and rollers from the 50s and 60s and even 70s are getting older and and they're, you know, getting sick and, you know, it's a natural thing. But it seems like we've had a real blip, a death parade of comedians. I know. You, you think about it. I actually wrote this down. So in um, uh, 2000, September of 2021, we lost Norm MacDonald, 61 from acute leukemia. He was then, one of the funniest guys in the world. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Nobody like I, him. There was nobody I, like him. I love Norm MacDonald. Oh. There's, there's something on YouTube. I think he's on, I can't remember if it's, um, I think it's Conan, where he actually He was tells on a Conan story. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He tells a story about going on vacation and playing Scrabble. I've probably watched it 20 times, and I laughed, I laughed just as hard now as when I did when the first time that I, I watched it. The only the only person I think that could tell a story better or just as good is Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle could tell a fucking great story. Hilarious. He, he, the just, way he, he did so it, funny. his delivery was flawless. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, so he he passed in September of 2021 at the age of 61 from acute leukemia. Then Louis Anderson died in January from lymphoma. He was 68. Then you have Bob Saget that died on January 9th. He had a skull fracture and there's some mystery surrounding yeah. his, his, his death. And then most recently we lost Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried. Last, we just lost him last week. He had ventricular tachycardia, I believe. I mean, I mean, think about that. You know what? Online, if you look, there's a couple of photos with those guys all together. Wow. If you had looked at that photo a year ago, you well, never would have guessed that all of them would be gone. They all came up together, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. They all came up together. I'll tell you what. Not many people were a better roasters than Gilbert Gottfried was. That was his thing. At, a, at those roasts, a guy is fire. He was He's hilarious. Absolute fire. Yeah. <laughs> as unique as they come. You either liked him, you either loved him, or you didn't. Yeah, you, you know, know it's kinda, funny. What's that? Yeah, you know, we were talking about, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the Super Bowl, you know, kind of reigniting people's careers. The other thing that does it is death. Yeah. And, and what and what one piece of uh of evidence, you know, regarding that is that. I don't think my daughter, Vanessa, really knew who Gilbert Gottfried is. I know that she probably knew him from the Affleck commercials and from Aladdin and whatnot. But yesterday, uh, and even this morning around the house, I kept hearing Gilbert Gottfried's voice. His passing prompted her to kind of research him a little bit, to get to understand who he was and what he actually brought to the craft and into the world and whatnot. And she rediscovered him. Yeah. And yeah. which which is cool. Um, but the thing that, that, you know, I started thinking about, you know, the comedians that had passed and then it made me think about, okay, our show and milk crates and turntables. And we spend a lot of time talking about the music that we listened to when we were growing up. And it made me start to think about the comedy records that we listened to when we were kids. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, I, I wrote down, you know, just a quick list. I, I can't believe that when I was a little kid that I used to play Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Had all the my my parents I still have I, I didn't still blink have, an eye. No, I still have Big Bamboo the, with with the giant rolling paper in the album. <laughs> yeah. Those guys were hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Where is it? It's Dave, it's man. Me. I got it's this Dave. stuff. Dave's not stuff. here, man. Who? It's Dave. Dave. I get the stuff. Open up the door. Dave? Dave's not here. No, it's hilarious. When we he says kids. it like this. Dave's not here, man. <laughs> Dave, Dave? No, Dave's not here, man. I'm Dave. I'm Dave. Let me in. Dave? Nah, nah. Dave's not here, Dave's man. Not here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but also Cheech and Chong, uh, you know, Robin Williams, I remember that was a huge album. Steve Martin was enormous when we were kids. He was playing, you know, places like the Boston Garden, 15,000 seaters for a couple of years. He was just huge. Uh, Wild with, and know, Crazy that, Guy was a, was a, that was a, a, an iconic album. And it was so, like, he purposely said shit, just stupid shit on purpose, like, he was more intelligent. He was so smart. He knew this would work. Like he took the most childish things and made them funnier than they really were. It made you think about it. It was very smart humor. Everyone can look at it and say, ah, it's dumbed down. It's not. None of these guys are dumb. I'll tell you that. 
Yeah. But I never listened to the Robin Williams album. Uh, yeah, you, you know what? So th this is probably not a popular thing to say, but I am not and have never been a big fan of Robin Williams comedy. I, 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 re I respect it. You know, I love, but it, for me, it was yeah. too manic. You know, well, you, was, know was who more, his, you know who his idol was, who he, he mimicked himself after? Jonathan, Jonathan Winters. Winters. Yeah. yeah. Who, now, I, now that guy was fucking funny. He was hilarious. But I, I, I actually appreciated Robin Williams more for his acting capabilities than his comedy. I thought yeah, he was yeah, no question about it. Court. No, no it, question about it. Funny, funny, funny guy could be hilarious, but his his stand-up didn't do much for me. Yeah. So Perry Dietrich just said seven words you can't say on TV, but you guys the great can. George, the great George Carlin. Yeah, but we can. Do you <laughs> remember? Do you remember the, a motherfucking bitch. <laughs> George Conlon. There's an, there's another one. I can't believe that our parents let us listen to brilliant that. Brilliant human. Brilliant human. I'm gonna just let me go back before that. Bill Cosby. I. You know what? It's on, on my list as as well. Dude, um, if you, I know. Forget his current situation. My father used to have us listening to that. Bill Cosby was another one. That could tell a fucking story. That Fat Albert story was led. Well, it led to a whole cartoon. If you if you if you wanted to do it, you'll find it on YouTube. Bill Cosby's Fat Albert story. That shit was and still is fucking funny. Yeah, the, you know what? This this may be a little bit of a stretch, but this is what I was thinking about it as it, it particularly as it pertained to Bill Cosby. I think. That when we were kids and all of the, us, us kids, when we were listening to those records, it it kind of by osmosis almost seeped into our brains and it actually taught us how to communicate and how to tell good stories. Because, you know, what I remember, and, and, and no I don't argument. know if you did the same, you know, what I used to listen to those records. Like, you know, I would put on Kiss or Elton John or David Bowie or whatnot. And I would do other things while I was listening to that stuff. When I put on a comedy record, I sat quietly and listened and laughed my ass off. But I know, yeah. you know, growing up in the town that we grew up where everybody had a huge appreciation for comedy and we always look for different ways to cut each other down and to tell stories. I think that we were somewhat trained by a lot of those records. Could be. Could be. Tom Spallone watching on YouTube commented in uh, best Robin Williams bit. And then he answered... Uh, with his next comment, New York Echo, hello, fuck you. Uh, I could not name a Robin Williams bit. I, 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 I couldn't, like, I can't, because he's so, everything runs right into the next thing. So he's not like he finishes and then he starts again. I, that's why that manic comedy. He was funny. He was caned out of his mind, you know? That's why he just ran around like a lunatic on the stage. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to give you a, a Robin Williams bit. I, I would be interested to know, and I don't have an answer to this, so whether it's Bill Cosby, whether it's Cheech and Chong, whether it's Steve Martin, whether it's Robin Williams, if you actually put those records on today, would they stand up? Do they hold up? So I listened to a Cheech and Chong album somewhat recently. Eh, uh, I'm not sure. I'm is it, is sure. it, be, it, is it because it's, is it because it's dated or it's because you know it so well? 
Well, if you listen to the quality of it, it's yeah. it's very toned down, right? It's uh, it's it's still funny, but I think it's it was more when it was more original. When you yeah. first heard it, it had more of an effect on you. Uh, I think they might have aged well. I didn't really. I started listening. I'm like, ah, maybe it's past. I'll tell you the most recent, and this is going back 10, 15, oh, shit, maybe more than that, 20 years ago. Um, probably one of the funniest, I guess, cassettes that I ever listened to was the Jerky Boys. Oh, my God. Dude. Did you, did you listen? It was brilliant. Yeah. Fucking did you, brilliant. How, how early were you on the Jerky Boys? Because I'll tell you. From the beginning. My well, cousin I, turned I, me I was, on to them. I was into the Jerky Boys when it was just a blank cassette. And, just, and, and yeah. it, was the, it, was, it was handwritten. Okay. So before they actually had a record, you know, those, those cassettes actually were kind of like passed around. Kind yeah. of, it almost had an underground thing. I laughed my ass Dude. off on some of those things. Oh, it was just, I, you could go down the list and it was brilliant, it, yeah. but they and got Tom, too big, too fast. Yeah. And they, Tom, they Tom, split up. Tom Spallone, you know, mentions Red's Bar, which is really where the Jerky Boys kind of pulled their idea from. I don't know if it was directly from it, but kind of the same thing. For those of you that don't know Red's Bar, there was a, a bar in New York, I believe it was, and there were people that would call and prank the owner, much like you saw yeah. in The Simpsons. That's yeah. where that bit came from. And the owner used to just go absolutely berserk, which, of course, <laughs> made them do it 10 times more. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Pe yeah. Perry, Perry's talking about uh, George Carlin. And he says that his bits still hold up. And I, I agree with you, Perry. I think that his old bits still hold up. My issue with George Carlin, and yeah, look, I, I think he got to a point where he got more cynical, less funny. He got political. Those, those, those later days, he got really political, and he, it, you didn't have as many laughs. But he made fucking all the sense in the world. That was, oh, his, sure he did. that was his comedy. He made all the sense in the world. He made it. He told it to you in a way that it hasn't been told to you. And it was almost enlightening comedy because his delivery was still good. George Collins' delivery never faded. You know, the walking around, the bending over, the eyes open, the, you know, act talking to you like you're an idiot. You know, sometimes, I mean, his delivery and his presence on stage is what made that but it became like like dennis miller it's very intelligent humor very intelligent that, humor it's a thinking man's humor well i i i'll agree with you in terms of dennis miller is thinking man's humor but i think that everybody that we had mentioned i think in, the ability to be able to craft stories and to make observations and to turn them into something that makes people laugh requires a certain amount of genius. So I could say, I could say that growing up, so no matter where I went in the world, when I was in the Air Force, if, if, if you were from Winthrop around the time we grew up together, you commanded an audience. Storytelling is just a natural... <laughs> It's just a natural, it becomes a natural ability for most of us to tell a good story, right? 
and it wasn't anything that we tried to do. It was the people that you were telling it to could not believe what you did, what you were talking about. But we just were naturally good storytellers. Not all of us. Not all of us because it's not a, you know, it's not instantaneous. But I, I, I definitely can speak for myself where I could command an audience when I'm telling a story and you know the delivery, like you said. The, what is it? The the what pause? The the uh, the the, ne- the negative space. The negative space. I mean, it all works. You you fine tune it over the years, right? You've been all over the world. You've worked in many places. You've worked with many people. You fine tune that storytelling no, ability. There's no question, and I will share a very quick story that that relates to what we're talking about. I had a woman that was working for me. I actually hired her not once, not twice, but three separate times. Brilliant woman, uh, you know, bachelor's degree, master's degree, MBA and whatnot. And we were sitting in a cocktail lounge, I think in Hong Kong. And out of nowhere, she said, you know what amazed me? She was like, you have carved out a creative and successful career by the sheer will of your personality. Yeah. And I said, I said, oh, thanks. And then I thought about it for a second and I said, did you just call me dumb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that goes with it. That, and that's what these guys have to bring it full circle. They fine tune the craft of telling a story. Now there's comedians that tell jokes and there's comedians that have different styles, but there's very few that are storytellers and Dave Chappelle has mastered the art of storytelling. No and question. They know, and they work on it, of course. They get to go on any stage they want, any night they want at the, 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 the comedy club, the comedy store, and work on their material. But the fact remains that when, when Dave Chappelle goes up on stage, he's not like Bill Burr, right? Bill Burr still tells a good story. But Dave Chappelle brings you in. He draws you into it. It's very cerebral. And then he starts dropping, and then he hits you, and then he goes back to the story. Right? It's just brilliant. Like, Norm MacDonald could tell a whole story. He could tell a 15-minute story, right? And you're dying the whole time. Yeah. Look, I'm not I'm not comparing myself to any of those people, but I will tell you no. that uh, about a month ago, I was down in Dallas, and in front of... I don't know, maybe a hundred people. We were doing a two day training and I walked up, didn't say hello, didn't tell them who I was, didn't give them my pedigree or my credentials or anything. I walked up and I started telling a story and I went into it and I will tell you that they were on the edge of their seats and I had them laughing. And later on in the program, when we were talking about the art of storytelling, I actually told them, I was like, if you think about that story that we led with, I didn't do that because I wanted to tell a story. I mean, I always want to tell stories, but the simple fact of the matter is, is it was a great way to actually start the program because it immediately engaged them. They were listening. They were interested. I set the tone for the meeting. I had them laughing, got them comfortable, got them involved right out of the gate. And that is really the art and the genius of being uh, really good at that. And I'm not saying that I am, but I'm saying that those. No, we are. You're good at telling a story. I'm good at telling a story. I know, you know, Phil Kelly's good at telling a story. Like, there's a bunch of us. But what you just said, you break it down even more. How you introduced it by not introducing 
by not introducing it is part of the humor. It's the who the fuck is this guy reaction. Like, you know, not like, hi, I'm Jack, I'm here. So, and then you start telling the story. Just walking up and starting a story while no one's really expecting it or not introducing yourself, that's the beauty of that whole thing. And this is the reason why I like Detroit Rock City better than School's Out. Yeah, well, then my next because question Detroit, is... Because Detroit Rock City... Tells a story. Tells a story. Yeah, and now, you know, fucking radio stations now won't play the car crash at the end. Bunch uh, of pussies. <laughs> they are. They're all fucking pussies. All right, all right. Here's, here's your quick trivia question. Do you remember the name of the song that Detroit Rock City, the car crash actually goes into? Are you looking at your phone? Are you no, Googling no, no, that? No, no, hands up, hands up. I'm I'm just looking at my Roadcaster Pro trying to think of the 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 song that you're talking about. Uh no, I can't offhand think about it. King of the Nighttime World. There you go. That's a good trivia question. Yeah. It's Perry useless. Bob as Ez, Ez, Ezrin produced both of those. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. a, that's a good piece of info. We see Mark Smith says, what makes comedy great is that many stand-ups are very dark people. Yeah, yeah. Who walk in the fine walk the fine line. Uh, just listen to any comedian, get interviewed. Good stuff. Absolutely. I mean, you have to come from I, I don't know how many rich comedians, how many rich guys become comedians. You know what I mean? Like, name a comedian that was rich before he became a comedian. No, not <laughs> not not rich, but I, I, it's it's hard to you know think about comedians who don't necessarily have a dark side. I think the only person that comes to mind off the top of my head is is Jerry Seinfeld. Well, Bill Burr doesn't really have a dark story. He's just a fucking kid that grew up in Boston that noticed everything around him was fucking funny. Yeah, and what had about a way of telling it? Bill you know? Burr, I think, is is hilarious. I think yeah, he's one really of the funniest funny. out there right now. Really, yeah, really. absolutely. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Better song. Which song do you like better? Okay. Do you understand that question? Could you repeat it, please? Yeah, what song do you like better? Okay, I'm ready. You're not going to break this down and fucking overanalyze it, are you? I Which might. Which song that I'm about to present to you do you like better? Okay. See, if you're a normal person... I would just say, which song is better? And you know what I'm saying, but we beat that one up already. So which song do you like better? Can You Hear Me Knocking or Whole Lot of Love? That's an easy one for me. Can't You Can Hear you Me, me knocking? knocking? Yeah. I, I, you know what? Again, I love them both. But Can't You Hear Me Knocking is, is one of my absolute favorite Rolling Stones songs. And you know what? This adds to it. I'm sorry, but it does. It's my wife's favorite Rolling Stone song. Oh, that's, yeah, I understand. Uh, so again, this isn't an arguing question. No, 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 no. I mean, this is you know, this is personal opinion. I mean, look, you know, do you like French fries or or onion rings better? They're both delicious. Onion rings. I love onion. Yeah. Rings. You know, who's the best onion rings? I don't care what anybody says. The fucking best onion rings, Burger King. Burger oh, dude, King. You're- Dude, you're they a fucking They are so mess. consistent. They are so consistent. So they're all the wait same a minute. size. They're all yeah, the yeah, same don't, size. Don't, yeah, but they don't, they don't actually have an onion in them, right? Yes, Isn't it onion yes, bits? No. Nope, they're nope, little onion nope. bits. I don't care. They got It's an onion ring. 
Dude, you have the culinary taste of a five-year-old. Fucking Burger King onion rings are the best. No. With, with Fanta no. orange. With Fanta oh orange gosh. drink. Yeah. Fanta orange soda. Oh yeah, buddy. So, so wait a minute. So which one do you hey, like? Do you like hey, a whole lot of the, love? Or? Uh, I, I'll answer that. By the way, so you, you know what I eat, right? You, you, sometimes you're mortified at what I eat. Yeah, right? you, you eat shit. <laughs> right? Like a child, right? Like you a 12-year-old kid, right? Like spam sandwiches with mayo, right? So once again, I get my blood tested last week, the VA. I get my results <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Fucking perfect. Perfect. That's Everything awesome. is spot on clean. Yeah. So I can continue to eat spam and mayonnaise sandwiches on white bread. Hey, with a big glass got, of milk. <laughs> you got good genes, brother. I'm I'm blessed to eat whatever the hell I want. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what? I, I thought of that because I, I, of course, I, I came up with the question. Mm. That is, it, that, and this is why I picked these particular songs. I, I was thinking, which is a, the equivalent? Because hey, you could say, what's a better song, "Stairway to Heaven" or you know, "Send Her My Love" by Journey? It's but yeah, try to find two songs that are equivalently that that have a they're they're equivalent in popularity and kind of their own little legend, right? I'd say, I don't I don't, I don't know that there's a great song, man. Yeah, I don't I don't know that they're equivalent, you know, from a popularity standpoint. I think that whole lot of love is far more popular than "Can't You Hear Me Knocking." Well, Goodfellas made uh, "Can't You Hear Me Knocking" pretty popular, didn't they? Yeah, look, I I think if you went out on the street and you played the first five seconds of each of those songs that just people that are passing on the street, most people would be able to pick out a whole lot of love. I would think that far less people would be able to pick out Can't You Hear Me Knocking. Just, just my opinion. Yeah, that's could, fine. Could, be, these are could be wrong. Questions. Could be wrong. Yeah. What do I Harry know? Harry Dinovich likes the Rolling Beatles, so he's he's straight down the middle. Not one of his best lines. <laughs> not one of them. No, no. <laughs> not one of his best lines. Wasn't. Yeah. You know, but uh, uh, one, one, one thing that I will tell you, you know, you think about, or I think about occasionally like um, um, moments where music really struck me or hit me. Like I remember the first time I heard, you know, Van Halen one, this might be somewhat interesting to you. The first time I actually really listened to Led Zeppelin two and whole lot of love. I actually took out Led Zeppelin two from the Winthrop public library. <laughs> that's awesome. And played right. it and was, my mind was absolutely fucking blown yeah. how good that record was. That's awesome. Yeah. The library. But, right. By the way, that uh, I apologize, Winthrop Public Library. I know that I still haven't returned that record. Yeah. I know I probably owe you guys $3.25. Yeah, but the album is worth 20 now. So. For, for, for 40 years worth of fines. Yeah. What do I owe you? What? Nickel? Come on. Yeah. It's not Come the Seinfeld episode. Costanza. Come and get me. Costanza owned owed money to the library, right? Jerry um, did. Jerry did, yeah. I I I mean I, I guess I gotta go with Can You Hear Me Knock, but Whole Lot of Love is a great fucking song, man. It's great song. I, I, it's and it's one of those songs that it, it it was reborn to me. Like you heard it so much growing up, and then I just didn't want to hear it. And we talk about this every few episodes. Whole Lot of Love was totally reborn to me again. 
in a, in a car ride. I just started. I said, you know what? This fucking song is great again. It's great again. I, I, I have to wonder if you did this consciously or unconsciously. But if I ask, and I have had people. Uh, know, by the way, it was Costanza. It was Costanza. Thank you. Costanza no, has a book. He had no, the book. He, no. He had the gym Colin, Colin Grillo doesn't like. What was, oh, what was the book Costanza had from the library? Tropic of Cancer. <laughs> no, didn't he have uh, was yeah, it Tropic, Tropic of Cancer? cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Tropic, but but at the, remember at the end the the, uh, the old gym teacher who was now a homeless guy he had Can't the stand yeah yeah so Jerry had taken it out of the library <laughs> and lent it to George. Okay. Okay. Can't so stand let me yeah, let me let me, get, let me get back to the point I was trying to make. I wonder if you did this consciously or unconsciously. But there have people there have been people that have been critical of each of those songs for almost the same thing. And one of the reasons why sometimes I get a little lost with whole lot of love and, and disregarded is that middle piece with the violin going over the guitar strings. <laughs> yeah, that, that that weird piece, like, okay, all right, I get it. Now I love it when the when the band kicks back in, it's really powerful. But there are those elements of that song that people get a little lost in. And on the same token, or by the same token, on Can't You Hear Me Knocking, there are some people that get critical because once the main part of the song ends, and you get into that, you get that saxophone and then that guitar, guitar solo. And then like, it's so fucking long, man. Yeah. Yeah, I but think you, a lot of you, people cut it you off. May, you may have subconsciously picked two songs that have a similar kind of break in them or a similar musical element that has a tendency to either excite people or lose people. Could be, could be. Yeah. Um, but in the, in the end, I guess I would have to say, can you hear me knocking? Although that ending is long. It is. Long. That is long. But, and but I love by it. The way, wasn't, uh, that was, that song wasn't Goodfellas, right? So it was Layla, right? Or was it, or was that Layla? I think they both they both were. were in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was can you hear me knocking in casino? He, it may have been in every Scorsese film. <laughs> he al he always plays the Stones. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I can't can't you hear me knocking? Maybe in The Departed as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, better song. Which song do you like better? <laughs> let's see now you're getting it now you understand uh, the point i was trying I to make i don't before. want to argue with you again <laughs> no it's right no no whoa 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 no. whoa yeah <laughs> whoa 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 um better which song do you like better paradise <laughs> by the dashboard light or radar love paradise by the La dashboard light really yeah, you know what? I I like Radar Love. Um I don't know. That Radar I, I Love know, is a great fucking it's song, a, man. It's a great it's a great song, but for whatever reason it's just never really held my you know, interest. But subconsciously, there's some people that don't seem to like the break in the middle of Paradise by the Dashboard Light, with all the you know the baseball and the and her moaning, I think subconsciously you picked that song because you seem to like that part of the that that that. <laughs> I get it. 
I get it. Radar Love is a great, that, I mean, like, that hey, right, You know what? Right, Radar Love is by far a cooler song. There's no Have question. Have you ever that. turned that song off? Think yes. about it. Have you? Really? Sure. Wow. Sure. I've never turned that song off. But, Same but, as Benny and the Jets. I've never but, turned it off. But I, I've also turned off Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I, you know, I got to be honest with you. I'm not a huge fan of either of those songs. They're they're both okay. But right. I, I can see, I can see the work that you put into this to make sure that the songs that you're picking for us to compare are on equal footing. That's what I try and, to do. And and for me, those songs are on equal footing. You know, if I were to give them a grade, yeah, they're they kind of B minus songs. I don't know. In the big picture, B minus isn't bad. I, no, B they're, is they're good. not. And they're the not. They're not bad music. songs. But Radar Love. Have you seen the video? When was the last time you watched the video? I'm trying to remember what the video was. It's just them. It's them up on a stage. Like a. It's just cool watching them play and the the clothing. Like these. What are they Dutch? They're Dutch. <laughs> yeah. You know the bell bottoms and the the whole thing. But I, I got to say that, yeah, Radar Love is, is, hey, it's, I can't, you can't call them a one hit wonder. That's for sure. No, they had right? another shitty song in the 80s. Uh, we went through this. I like that Danger Zone. That's, I like that song. Isn't it Twilight another Zone? song that people it's Twilight Zone, right? Huh? Twilight isn't Zone. Yeah, yeah. Twilight yeah. Zone. Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, M MTV killed that song. Killed it. Killed it. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Back in the day, were you a Pat Benatar guy or a Deborah Harry guy? You know what I mean. Definitely more Deborah Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely more Deborah Harry. Yeah, although Pat was a she's a, she's a little spark plug, but Deborah you know, Harry for, is just sexier. For 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 whatever reason, and, and this may not be true, but this this is just the way that I'm thinking about it right now. Blondie was a band that crossed over, right? You know, kind of come, came out of the whole CBGBs thing, you know, kind of had a punk edge, kind of had a new new wave thing. And I think that was, at least in the crew that I ran around with, was more widely accepted. Pat Benatar was was kind of, and, the, and this is totally wrong, was, was music for girls. Well, I'm talking about, like, looking at them. Like, who, who did you like? Like, female lead oh. singers. Like, not the music. Like, were you more attracted to Deborah Harry or Pat Benatar? I would have been glad to have either of them reject me. <laughs> Back in the day, even today, right? No, I saw Blondie. She's uh, Deborah Harry. She, she's she's an older woman now. Can't knock her. Uh, but who were you more attracted to? Who who did you think was hotter, Deborah? Deborah Harry. Harry. Or, yeah. Or Pat Benatar. Deborah Harry. Deborah Harry. Yeah, I gotta yeah. go with that. So. Yeah. Carla Grillo asked a question to us. Uh, she said, when you're looking for a good song on the radio in the car and you land on a decent song, do you have to see what's on the other stations before you settle on that song? Why would you do that? <laughs> like, do you yeah. do that? No, that, I, I don't, Cause I, I don't, I don't do that, but, but I, I will, that? I, I will, I will tell you that. You know, from my perspective, you know, I think that music today is too accessible and too disposable. So I, I will tell you that back in the day when I was 
I don't know what that has to do with switching stations to find a better song. You know, if you shut up for a second and let me finish my fucking statement. (laughs) Fucking idiot. (laughs) You idiot. (laughs) Go on, I'm sorry. There there have been songs that I adored. Like, I'll give you one of them. The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. That if I was flipping through the radio stations and that song came on, especially if I caught it at the beginning, it made me incredibly happy because I didn't have the cassette. I didn't have the record or anything like that. And I just loved, loved that song. Benny and the Jets, same way. Radar Love, you know, probably the same. If you came across that song when you were listening to the radio, it may be the one time that you actually heard that song that week. And now... You know, because people have 10,000 songs in the palm of their hand or on their computer or in their car or whatnot, you don't have that same thing. It's easy to to go and listen to Benny and the Jets anytime you want. Back when you and I were, were coming up, you kind of had to wait for it. And it made it special. And now I think that, that some of that specialness is is gone because it's so accessible that you can have it anytime. But I'm now saying, do you get it? Now no, do you get it? Now do you understand? No, I don't. I don't because the question was when you're riding in your car. No, no, no. Listen to the question is when you're riding in your car, not when you're listening to your your, your MP3 player or whatever. It's it says when you're looking for a good song on the radio in the car, and you land on a decent song like Serious, so you're hitting the channels on Serious, and you come across Benny and the Jets. Do you go? A little further to see if there's a better song on the radio. That's what she's asking. I don't yeah, know but, what you but the, the the point that I was trying to make is is because look, let's let's say that I'm in my car and I'm driving and radar love comes on. On serious right? satellite radio. We'll just say satellite what, what, radio. What, yeah. what, whatever it is, right? I can go to the next station and if and if I don't like what's on the next station, I can start radar love right over again, right from the beginning. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> No, my, 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 my serious doesn't work like that. Well, do you, do you not have an MP3 player in your car? Dude, do you not have not your phone? an MP3 question. It, no. It's a it's radio. A, on it is, the radio. So listen, when you're driving in your car, what, what kind of car do you drive right now? I have a Lexus okay. GX460. So, so when you're driving your Lexus GX460 and, and a song comes on, and let's say it's Radar Love, and you go, oh, it's Radar Love, and it's on the radio, and it's only the last, like, 30 seconds of the song. You're like, oh, I want to hear that song. What do you do? I go to the next station because I'm fucking driving. No, you don't, you don't play it on your phone? No, I'm not going to go pull it up on my phone. I'm driving. You, you, yeah, but you can do it right from your car. While you know, I'm for, driving? For some of, sure. I'm not going to do that. I get satellite radio. I pay for satellite Siri. radio. Siri. Play Radar Love by Golden Earring. That's not how Sirius works. Sirius XM does not do that. And I'm not going to do that. The question was, if you're listening on the radio, say you don't have your fucking MP3 player. Your cell I think you're over, fucked. You're, no, you're, you're over-examinating. Examinating. Over- you like that? <laughs> you're over-examinating. <laughs> you're overthinking the question. It's a simple question. You're the one that went off to left field. 
with today's music and the the abundance and the 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 quality and the and the sustenance of the music, it's just if you're driving in your fucking car and you hear a fucking song that comes on, say Ozzy's Boneyard, and you like it, do you go to fucking seventies? On in seven, in nineties on nine, before the, you go back to that one, that's the question. The point, the point that I was making is, you can go to the next station, and if you don't like what you can hear, you can go back and you can start that song over. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And what I'm saying is, back in it the day, says you when wait you, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, if you go back in the day, you couldn't do that. That's all I'm saying. It says when you are looking. For a good song on the radio, not on when you, Jack, are looking for a good song on the radio in the car, and you land and you come on Ozzy's Boneyard, you you flip and you hit Ozzy's Boneyard, you got, you know, uh, I don't know, War Pigs is on. Do you go to 70s on 7 to see if that song's better? And if it's not, you go back to War Pigs? Scott, I have a question for you. Oh, I know your blood work. Do it. I know your blood work turned out well when you went to the doctor. But my how, blood how was pressure your blood? is fucked. How was right your now. blood pressure? <laughs> it's <laughs> fucked right now. Absolutely fucked right now. God damn! <laughs> You're fucking killing me here. How many people are listening to this podcast and going to the next station to see what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I'm going to go to the next <laughs> podcast to see if there's a better one. Let me go oh. to the fucking Cats Purring podcast. That's a lot better. Oh, by the way, Dave Phillips says that uh, he thought Pat Benatar was uh, was was uh, was hey, uh, you know, look, this this is a whole lot of love. Can't you hear me knocking? Question. They're both beautiful women. And not only beautiful women, but smart women, strong women, intelligent women that have, oh, have shut the long, long, sustained careers. Pan pandering. Pandering. I'm not pandering. You're, it's you're a, a panderer. It's a, it's a fact. It's a fact. How do you know they were strong? Anybody that could lead either one of those bands for the duration and the length of time that they've been around have to be strong women. No, no, no. Each of those women had a man guitarist as their boyfriends. What does that mean? That made them strong. Oh, oh whoa, 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 whoa. okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be my final broadcast with this misogynistic <laughs> said, prick. You said that on episode fifty. You're not going I anywhere. Did not, tried, someone actually thought you were leaving the show. <laughs> someone questioned, messaged in. Hey, so let's see. Uh, so Mark Smith, that he asked an interesting question. He says. Oh, he makes an interesting comment. Uh, buying a record was special, of course. You know, you appreciated the whole album until you found out there was fucking only four good songs on the album. But, you know, you bought the album anyways. And you made a mixtape from your favorite albums, right? Streaming is disposable. So my question, though, is... So so wait a minute. Before you, you specific... go on, before, before you go on, Mark Smith's question is an indication that he understood the point that I was trying to make. No, it has the nothing to do with the point you were you. trying to destroy it when you were overanalyzing it. It has everything to do with the point you, that oh, I was no, trying no. to make. It, says, it has it, everything to do with it. What the fuck did buying albums have to do with driving in a car? It's the disposability Switching. of music these days. Get out of here. So anyways, when you made a mixtape, which you did, 
You did. I did. Many of them. I did too. Did you have a formula? Did you have a formula of how you did your mixtapes? You mean like I did. I had a specific formula. Wait a minute. Like the formula that was explained in the movie and book High Fidelity? Have you ever seen that movie? If I was physically in front of you right now, I might choke you. (laughs) Why? (laughs) What formula in High Fidelity are we talking about? And making a mixtape. John Cusack, in in the book High Fidelity, the main character actually explains the theory and the strategy of putting together a solid mixtape. Okay, I stand corrected then. No, I I don't. The question is to you. Did you? I I, I did. And what was your formula? Start off with a bang. Something, you know, re-rocking, you know, right out of the gate. Um, and then, um, you know, following that up with, you know, something in the same pace, but then I would take it down a little bit, you know, so it it wasn't well thought out. I think it was really dependent upon what music I was listening to at the time, but there was no question about it that, that making a a mixtape, you you did have to craft it. So the, the sequencing of it was good. I had a pretty simple formula. Every double shots, two songs. Nope. Yep. Nope. Nope. That was nope. my nope. formula. Nope. It worked. Nope. Yep. Wrong. Two songs. Two songs. Two songs. Two songs. Two songs. Two no. songs. No. No. Yes. yes. It's too formulaic. Yeah. But it's all, it's, you get two from the Stones, two from Aerosmith, two from the Who, two from the Doors, two from fucking whoever, Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah. But uh, they were hey, two you know good what? ones. They were two, two, two good ones. To each his own. Yeah. To yeah. each his own. Mo- most of the mixtapes that I used to make only would have one song from each band or artist. That was, I, in, I in, my, that also. In, in my in my opinion, that was the whole idea behind a mixtape, was to really have that type of variety. Yeah, and I mean, again, you could fix... Do you, do you think, can you can you think of a song that you put on most of your mixtapes? Like, if is this a, if, is there a song that you can think of? Like one popped into my head, and and if you want, I'll share it with you. Yeah, go ahead. I used to if I if I went into a shoebox that had the fifty mixtapes that I put together, I bet you there's probably ten to twelve of them that have "Erotic City" by Prince on them. Oh. I can't think of one particular song that I would put on every every tape. Um and and I did I did make singular you know mixtapes, but I, I I really liked doing the double shots, but I can't think of one particular song that I put on the majority of my tapes. No. Yeah. No. I don't know I, why that popped into my head, but it did. No, I mean, listen, mixtapes are great. I I I just Fucking can't believe we didn't make money off them like this fucking last generation did. Selling fucking mixtapes. They did that shit. Yeah. We could have, man. They were fucking, these these young DJs, they put together a mixtape and they fucking sell them. It's like, what the fuck? You you think about it. You think about it. If you had gone into Winthrop High School at the time and you had a dozen mixtapes that had you know, Van Halen or U2 or whatever the mix was on it, you know, where people, you know, look, not everybody was an idiot like you and I and went out and bought every record we could possibly afford. 
So if you could give them a certain amount of variety, and if you actually took the next step to create a decent cover on it, you could have actually done really well with that. Yeah. Yep. All right. You know what? I'm going to do it anyways. Let's do on this day. Doesn't matter. Yeah. See, I wasn't going to do it until at the beginning of the show, you said something about, well, you know, nobody's really going to know. And all right, so I'm just going to do it. So you talked yourself into it. This day in music. What's today? April 14th, right? So this day in music, I'll stay, uh, I don't know, I'll pick this one, 1967. David Bowie's novelty record, The Laughing Gnome, oh, that old Bowie shit, was released in the UK. The track consisted of the singer meeting and conversing with the creature of the title, whose sped-up voice created by Bowie and studio engineer Gus Dungeon delivered several puns on the word gnome. Blah, blah, blah. That dude was lucky. He fucking changed things up, I'll tell you what. On this day in 1967, a riot broke out at Warsaw's Palace of Culture as the Rolling Stones made their first appearance in an Iron Curtain country. Police used tear gas in a battle with 2,000 fans. Ah, uh, let's see. Uh, on this day in 1969, John Lennon, right? Uh, the recording of Ballad of the Ballad of John and Yoko took place with just two Beatles, Paul and John. Uh, they they were the two that played. Paul played the bass, drums, and piano. John on guitars and lead vocal. The song was banned from many radio stations as being blasphemous. On some stations, the word Christ was edited in uh, backwards to avoid the ban. On this day in 1970, Creedence Clearwater Revival made their UK debut when they played the first two nights at Royal Albert Hall. Uh, on this day in 1971, the Illinois Crime Commission issued a list of drug-oriented records, including White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane, A Whiter Shade of Pale by Procol Harum, and The Beatles' Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Uh, uh, on this day in 1972, David Bowie released Starman as a single in the UK, which became his first hit since 1969's Space Oddity, three years before. On this day in 1973, Led Zeppelin started a two-week run at number one on the UK album chart with Houses of the Holy, also a number one in the US. A young girl featured on the cover of the album climbing up, climbing naked up Giant's Causeway in Northern Ireland is Samantha Gates, who was six, year old, six years old at the time of the photo shoot, and very controversial to this day. Deb and I Let's, went there. Giant's Causeway is an amazing place. Are you muting is me? What are, is that what are you doing? No. I got it's, you. It's, it's an incredible, incredible sight. On this day in 1975, after rumors that Jimmy Page, Steve Marriott, Jeff Breck, and, and Chris Spedding variously would replace Mick Taylor as guitarist of the Rolling Stones, a press release confirmed that Ronnie Wood would be joining the band for their forthcoming American tour. Uh, da, da. Uh, who cares what it On this day in 1978, Joy Division played at the Stiff Test Chiswick Challenge at Rafters in Manchester, England. Future managers Bob Gretton and then journalist Tony Wilson saw the band for the first time. On this day in 1980, Gary Newman released The Touring Principle, the first long-form rock video to be made commercially available in the UK. Ah, this is a sad one. On this day in 1983, 
The Pretenders bass player Pete Farndon died from a drug overdose. He was sacked from the group on June 14th, 1982, two days before Pretenders guitarist James Honeyman Scott was found dead of heart failure. Farndon was in the midst of forming a new band with former Clash drummer Topper Hedden when he died. I wonder how that would have worked out. Probably Those not things well. don't usually work. Yeah, they don't usually work. <clears throat> Phil uh, Kelly and I saw the original Pretenders. They were a ferocious band. They were yeah. unbelievable back then. That yeah. band was was never the same. I mean, you know, they still enjoyed popularity, but nothing like that original lineup. They were no. a ferocious, unbelievable, incredibly yeah. talented band. Damn shame. Yep. Stay away from drugs, kids. Yeah. On this day in 1994, Kurt Cobain was cremated. Okay. Uh, Kurt Cobain. Stay away from drugs, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On this day in 1995, Burl Ives died. Oh, Burl Ives Bad overdose. Stay away from drugs, kids. Stay away from bananas or something, whatever. <laughs> Stay away from spam and mayonnaise sandwiches. Silver <laughs> and gold. Uh, on this day in 1999, Anthony Newley died. See, we grew up with these guys, though. That's what's strange, right? We grew up listening. They, they were around. Uh, da, da, da. Making up your concert seller tickets, Michael Jackson, planned auction, blah, blah, George Harrison, honored it posthumously, Justin Bieber. On this day in 2015, Percy Sledge died. Uh, born on this day, Loretta Lynn, country star Loretta Lynn. Born on this day, Richie Blackmore, guitarist for Deep Purple. Uh, and really, nobody else. All right, that's the show. That's it. This is the show on the shelf. Show on the shelf show. The people that watched it, they won't. They, 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 this is going to be aired maybe in two weeks. Are you traveling again in two weeks, Chuck? I will be in the Dominican Republic. In two weeks? In two weeks. I leave. Oh, actually, that's not true. Next week, I go to the Dominican Republic on, on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. The following week, I'm in Savannah, Georgia. All right. So you'll be here for a show on Wednesday night. Yeah. Barring any. Next week. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then we'll, this show will be aired on the podcast in two weeks. So we got one in the books, buddy. Welcome back. Welcome back. Stay away from drugs, kids. Yeah, that's the. <laughs> that's. It's the theme of the show, I guess. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Like I always say, you are the engine that makes this machine run. Without you, it would just be me talking to Jack, and while well, we do that anyways. Uh, and always... We love uh, that you people are here, but we don't need you. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and doing this show for you, like I always say, to quote my favorite, my favorite artist, Morrissey, the pleasure, the privilege is mine. If you like the show, share it. Tell friends about it. Uh, subscribe to it. If you subscribe on YouTube, hit that little bell next to it. It'll tell you when we come on live. Uh, if you're listening on any podcast platform, give us a comment. Give us five stars. Give us a rating. Give us a download. Give us anything. We'll take it. We'll take it. All right, buddy. Show number 52 in the books. Woohoo! Deck of we'll cards, be- brother. Deck of cards. Deck of cards. We'll be back next week.